Hello, this is the Finding the Overton Window podcast. I'm Daniel T. Fuller. I'm Paul Dougal. I'm Emmanuel Latendama. And today, Paul, the love doctor, is here to talk to us about his, uh, his specialty. I, so. I, don't, I don't remember that being how we were going to introduce this, but uh, good to know. So what's up, Paul? What do you have for us today? Uh, so, yeah, um, apparently this is my thing. I don't know. I, um, along with last last week's episode of the meaning of life i've been feeling very existential and thoughtful and thinking deep thoughts and the i was i felt that uh discussing the 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 oh so delicate l word would be a fun discussion to have especially considering one of us is single one of us is engaged and one of us is married um so we have three different uh perspectives here that's like the perfect trio. Exactly. <laughs> I can think of a lot of perfect trios, but I guess I guess that can be one of them. Um, sure. So, uh, just just so we're all on the same table, we don't have any misunderstandings like we did last week. When you say L word, <laughs> you're referring to lollipops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm referring to love, baby. Okay. There we go. The love conversation. Yeah. I don't know. It's a it's an interesting conversation to have, both from a, a biological point of view, a, a kind of philosophical point of view, and yeah. And to be honest, I'm a lot more used to having it with members of the opposite sex. So this is <laughs> something new. I don't know something new, but something rare for sure. Um, certainly not on air either. So, uh, so uh, yeah, Paul. Do you think love exists? In, yeah. in whatever interpret, however you want to interpret that question, of course. But yeah. Do you think um, love exists? It's very interesting because, given, especially given last week's episode where I basically said, yeah, no, there's no meaning of life, fate, and destiny, and all that are buoy bullshit and whatever. I, for some stupid reason, and I know it's basically just like contradicting my own beliefs and views, and it's probably something I need to work out in my own mind. But for some reason, um, although I don't believe in the life having meaning i do for some reason believe that love exists it's because so you're a romantic that's oh, okay yeah that's an understatement I, unfortunately but because you've you've said all those other things previously about things you don't believe exist i'm going to press you so what then would be your definition of the love you do believe in or would like to believe in oh okay so that's a good point so i do think um like, uh, there, obviously, there are many definitions of the word love. Um, and I do think, like, uh, most people have a love for their family, um, and that's something that definitely exists. And religious people often have a love for their God and believe their God has a love for them. And But what I am referring to specifically is in regards to romantic love. Um, I don't really think there's any... I mean, there, well, there is some evidence and brainwaves and stuff that says, you know, when you care about someone a lot that there's different stuff going on in your brain, but I don't know, that there's like a, I don't want to say it sounds so gimmicky and shit, but like, you know, true love <laughs> that, you know, there you're, you have your star-crossed lover and whatever the case is. Um, I don't know. I'd like to I'd like to think... So, so by that, do you mean... When you say true, because a lot of, when a lot of people say true love, what they mean is there's one person 
out there for me. And when I when I meet them, that'll be true love. We are meant to be. Yeah. Is that what you mean, or do you mean there could be multiple people? Yeah, so I think I have a little bit of a more realistic one. I think there could be multiple people. I mean, there are a lot of people in this world, and many of which you'll never even interact with. And I would like to think that if you were born in a different country or whatever the case is, or if that we can even think about that as a a thing to consider would you still be the same person who knows whatever but that regardless that there's going to be someone in your life that is more of a fit than anyone else and that you you'll feel something de- like you know there's always the cliche thing of like what you'll know if if you you'll know when you feel it or you know when you have it and that like i would like to think that every person will experience eh, maybe eh, i don't know I don't know. I would like to think the vast majority of people will experience that. Maybe there's outliers. Maybe, you know, your your true love uh, was aborted or was swallowed or who knows. But <laughs> that's gross. <laughs> Jesus, Cronus out here swallowing babies. Okay. I mean, not sure. <laughs> I mean, if you want to do the is semen a life form, we can have this conversation. Fair but, enough, fair enough. Because when you, when, you, when you go into the whole... Di- wait, if, right, if predeter- Another episode, if another pre- episode. Let me, no, I want to say, <laughs> oh. if predeterminism is a thing, then then, then the, the pro-life people actually have an argument because what comes after does matter. Although if predeterminism is a thing, then, then it doesn't matter in the first place. Born, yeah, because hmm. it'll always... Yeah, we'll have this argument another have an time. Argument. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... That that's pretty that's pretty well rounded. I think I think I think I understand your position, um, Emmanuel. Do you believe in love? Of course I do. Well, don't just say that. Oh, Give me more yes. than that. What kind of love <laughs> do you believe in? What a what a. Well, since someone already took shots at me, no one took shots at you. He's talking about love of God. That's Wait, not that taking shots. He, no, so I, to be clear, yeah. he said that because. Mm-hmm. Pre-episode, we were having a conversation. I asked him to clarify, Did and we were talking about types of no, love that definitely exist. Okay. I was talking with Paul. Okay. And so he included that, and it wasn't a shot at you, but it was uh, an acknowledging different types of love that could exist. Okay. To give, okay. to, to give yeah. you know, a bit of background behind why I would ask, what type of love do you mean when you yeah. say you believe in love? Okay. That's all we're saying. Yeah. Okay. So um, you already know my worldview. Well, if there's a listener who doesn't know, I'm Christian. Now, I wasn't born Christian. I came to faith. Uh, somewhere when I was 15 or 16 and I made my own decision. My parents were not even in support of it at the very beginning and after a while uh, a while by that I mean about five years, they realized that well, if we want to keep having our son we are just going to have to accept it and so my answers are always going to revolve around the idea of God mm-hmm. and uh, my faith in Jesus Christ, my, my answers are always going to revolve around that and so, like Paul was saying, uh, there are definitely different types of love. Uh, if you look at the Greek, uh, the Greeks being more, uh, the ancient Greek civilization being more advanced than, they were pretty advanced. They saw it fit to have different words for love, unlike the ambiguity that we have in English, where when someone says, uh, I love you, you're like, okay, do you want to eat me or do you care about me? Because we say the same thing about pizza. Go like I love pizza. Okay, I do love pizza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, f- for me, I I'll say I can't really put hand to what love is. Although whenever I think about love, I think of it as um, an expression that flows from 
my relationship with God and how I'm to interact with others. Now, I know that when Paul was talking about, he was talking about a romantic kind of love. And yes, I do believe in that kind of love very much. Of course, I'm engaged. If I, if I wasn't, then I, if I didn't believe in that, then I wouldn't be. Not necessarily. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. People yeah, I haven't given my take yet. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> let's not. Let's not just exclude people. Jesus. Okay. 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 But, but go on. Go on. Yeah. Go on. So yeah, I, I I do believe in love. Um, do I believe it's? Uh, uh, what was the word you used? Uh, something about predeterminism. Oh well, I was talking about like like. There's the whole. There's the when people say like true love. Yeah, true love. Do they mean that like you you have one true love? Mm-hmm. Or is true love just, like, the fullest expression of love? Like, I truly love this person. Okay. Like, are there degrees of love for you? Are there, like, um, right? So there's this, because the, the concept of, like, oh, I love you, that makes it seem like, that's not like the, oh, I love my brother, but I love my sister a little more. That's like yeah. the, the you are, you and I are intertwined in the threads of fate, right? Like, yeah. I, we are binding ourselves together with our wedding rings, that sort of yeah. thing, right? That, yeah. that, that's like that kind of sense of higher love sort of mm-hmm. ideal between two people. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so I definitely do believe in that kind of love. And that's, uh, just like I said from the very beginning, uh, I see it as something that flows, first of all, from my connection with the divine, which is God in my case and flowing down to other people. And it will be the same with uh, the one person that I'll choose to spend the rest of my life with, or at least make that covenant with that I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with, which I definitely do intend to keep. And although it is to a different degree with that one person, I would say that it is the same form that flows down to every other person, except that there's a limit to which that will go. So so do you believe that your so you, so you stated you, you, you do love your fiancé. Yeah, in, in that love you believe, and you believe you hold that for her. Yeah. Would you say that that love is in some way a selfish love, or is it in some way a form of worship? Or would you say neither of those things? Do you have a different way or you both would put of those it? Things. No, I would say it's a... Now, that's a very hard question. <laughs> that's something I've never really given it thought. But I'll say, well, first of all, it is an expression of worship. Yes. Because, like I said, it falls from the divine. So that mm-hmm. makes it an expression of worship to begin with. Yeah. Is it selfish sometimes? Yes. But is it selfish sometimes because of the because it well, is because of the worship? No. It's, you can be in yeah. love with someone, yeah. and you can have selfish actions. Yeah. I'm asking about okay. the nature of that love you believe in. Okay. Do you believe it to be because we because because by your worldview it has to be in some way a form of worship, as yes. you stated, because yes. that's where love derived from. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I would ask, do you believe that love is in at least in some way? You know, you could say uh, you know, tainted by original sin or, or whatever, but is okay. in some way selfish. It is in some way yours and not God's in the way that you feel about her. No. And in its full expression, it is not selfish in any form. Like I said, in its full expression. Okay. Do I feel that full expression? No. And like you said, uh, maybe because of the presence of sin and mm-hmm. just personal self and not attaining perfection yet, definitely there are selfish elements to it where I would put myself first. Okay. But in its purest expression, it's selfless. It's putting the other person first, seeking so, what's best to build and grow the other person, to protect and to love that person first. Okay. 
So love is not just something that you believe in or that exists for you, but it's also an ideal to be reached. It is. That, that might guide your relationship with another person. Absolutely. Okay, cool. All right, and finally, Daniel... What's, uh, where's the plot twist at? I don't have a plot twist. I just, um... Love no, I, exist. I, <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't think I believe in love in the sense that when we've talked about medical, I think I'd give the same answer that I would when I've talked about metaphysical things before, as far as, like, it's not just that I don't believe in it, but I don't have any, I don't engage with it that way. I don't have, okay. like, there's nothing to, if you were to ask me, like, could there be something that is love? And then you gave a definition of some sort of metaphysical love. And I would have to say, yes, there is a possibility that could exist. But the probability, by my estimation, is so low and it so, has so little interaction with like how I behave in the world that it's negligible. That I, I don't care about it. Okay. Um, I believe that there are degrees of connection between human beings. Um, I believe that love is a useful word any useful concept to model the relationship that I, for instance, have with my wife or that I've had with romantic suitors in the past. Um, and just like how we use it in colloquially, the word also has use when I'm talking about family, when I'm talking about good friends, when I'm talking about things that I care about, although I would say that, you know, obviously it's different in each case. But I think it's just that. I think it's a model for complex socio-behavioral um, interactions that we have and we use a word for that because it's easier and I and I don't believe that there's any underlying concept I believe that the, the underlying things are those more complex interactions so that's my that's my belief in love um, I you know personally I've had people that I if we're talking romantically we can yeah. just say stick strictly to romantically yeah. okay. um, I've had people that I've I've liked I've had people that I've loved um I've had people that I have been dating. I've had people that I've married. Um, and there's, I think in each case, there's been these big differences between how I feel about people. And I think some of them, I, I, I've definitely been able to say to myself, yes, I love this person. And some of them I've been able to say to myself, yes, I love this person. And then a week later, I realized I'm infatuated with this person. And as you get older, I feel like it's easier to tell the difference between yeah, those things. Yeah, I agree. Um, and... There's been a few cases where I felt something stronger than that, mm -hmm. um, where I felt that this, the way that I feel about this person is more than an infatuation. It's more than I just, like, I love them romantically, which is usually, like, especially if you're a young guy, that's, like, 70% sex, at least, <laughs> like, like when, you're, when you're thinking about that yeah, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, and I'm, I'm talking, like, 16 years old or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, like, you're a kid. You don't know anything. Um, I think that... As you, I, and I think that with these people, there, there's there's been times where I, I felt that there is something more. But if I actually go and I and I look into that feeling, a lot of times there's just more good things about it. So instead of this just being a person that I'm attracted to, and that um, is attracted to me, and that we get along very well, and we have good conversations and that sort of thing, there are like additional criteria. Um, that are being met, whether whether conscious, fully conscious, or whether I have to like root them out and figure out why I like this person so much. So, for instance, the person could be someone that I get along really really well, but they also fit the image of someone who I think I would get along with well. Like people don't talk about 
types a lot, but certainly you have an image of like a person that you would want to be with for the rest of your life, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, or a range of, uh, and when someone fits really well in that range and you fit in theirs, you're able to talk, like there's a lot of the click that people talk about mm -hmm. um, and a lot of aspects like that. And I think that felt to me like stronger love. Mm -hmm. And I don't Can think love exists. More? So, yeah, so I don't know, maybe that wasn't very clear. So what I'm talking about is the fact that, like, uh, there was a period of time where I kind of did believe in love, and that's because okay. I felt something stronger for certain people, okay. for certain women in my life. Um, only a very few times. And these would usually be people that I would decide to date. Okay. Um, and what I came to realize is that that stronger feeling of love, more than just attraction for someone, more than just someone I could see myself being with, Sexually, or being with even like uh, slightly romantically, but these were pe people people who I'm like, yeah, I would be, I would like to spend the rest of my life with you. You're really cool. Like I want to be with you, um, in all senses of the word. But these were people who often they provided to me. They were good, very good friends to me. I found them very attractive. We had a lot of mutual things going on, okay. and I also they also fulfilled for me other roles. For instance, social roles. They mm -hmm. looked good when they were with me, or we looked good as a couple, right? Okay. My, they, we looked good in front of our friends. Um, they had careers that they were going down. They were very supportive. We supported each other privately. Um, and I think that additional piece of it, where this person fits all these possible ways that you could integrate into each other's lives, yeah. right? You're, you're, you, you like their family. Their family likes you. The, you know, you just like all of these things that we don't normally, like, you don't normally talk about these things. It's yeah. like, oh, this is something that is a, pred a predicate for love. It's usually, I love this person, but goddamn, their family hates me or something like that, right? They're usually, yeah. but when, when there's none of those drawbacks, that felt, that feels really, really good with a person or very few drawbacks. And the ones that are there, you can easily get around, right? But I, I think that's just a higher form of compatibility. It doesn't seem to me that there's anything there that's metaphysical. Mm -hmm. Can um, I ask you a question? Sure. Then? Okay, so based on what you've said, wouldn't yes. you say that uh, from what you've described if you've if you had a person who you two could get along on this level wouldn't you would you just say that you have this connection with them or would you say you love them and if that's the case just going back to the, the ideal of there being a person like predeterminism there being a person for each one if you built this thing with someone say if you had paired up with someone hey uh, move in this direction with that person, build together, support each other. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you say that you would develop that affection for them? Do you think it would have to be the person that you find attractive, so, the person that you have a natural connection with before this is built up? So all of the stuff that I just talked about, that was on top of having that base level physical yeah. attraction and that sort True. of thing. Um, are you saying, like, what would I call it if you didn't have that physical yes. attraction? But Usually, you were still able to do everything else. Do you think the physical attraction would have developed naturally? Yes, 100%, especially it. for guys. Yeah. So this yeah, this gets into the this gets into the kind of the red pill shit, which is like <laughs> pseudoscientific, uh -huh. but it does seem to be the case that men are very willing to mix their 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 pools of friends and lovers. Um, mm -hmm. For instance, like someone who's a good friend to you, um, if you're a guy, unless you know, barring some insane physical deformity or social pressure, you almost always fall in love with them. In terms of if like, if you have you meet the standards for uh, for connection, the physical thing. 
um, you'll usually be able to get past that. Um, is, if there is some sort of physical, you're not immediately attracted to them for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, um, for women, that's 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 certainly possible as well. It just tends to be less likely. Anybody who says it's impossible is just an idiot, and they, they don't <laughs> go outside and talk to people. But but um, but but there is yeah, sort try of thing. Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> well, yeah, but okay, that. We can, I'm not going to do a psychosocial anyway. analysis of beauty of the beast, but but the the point is is like yes, w- with women it tends to be the case more commonly that you will be put into a pool of potential dating partners partners, or you will be a friend, mm-hmm. and this is a lot more this is more common with like modern socialization than it is in in, in more old schools type stuff, but it, it's still kind of it still in general holds, and this is for instance the whole existence of the friend zone, right? That this is the the, 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 the kind of the idea zone. behind that. If you're in the friend zone, you're never getting out of the friend zone. You could. It is very hard. You could. could be a legend. It's rare. But yeah. But it's whereas whereas women would complain about the fuck zone, right? Because yeah, you've been yeah. put in this guy's pool of 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 people, like his pool, he's willing to fuck on both sides, right? He'll he, he's willing to fuck friends and that sort of thing. But the anyway, this is this is this is obviously something that's talking about people's behaviors when you've kind of broken down a lot of social values, right? Because mm-hmm. in, in obviously like yeah. in, in a Puritan society or in different forms of Christian society, you don't tend to see these sorts of behaviors as open because there are more rigid structures around that. Same thing in the Islamic society, a lot of other societies where there's yeah. structure around that. Mm-hmm. And these things tend to play out just differently in those social structures. So I'm talking about like, you know, Miami, street, Miami street life type yeah. social structure. Well, even secularly, it's played out different times yeah, in, in the world. Yeah, because even some very secular societies, you still have very... Yeah stringent and rigid moral yeah 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 it's not it's not it's not necessarily secularism but it has to do with uh like sexual freedom essentially um so anyway yeah i I forgot you you were you were were, i think we were going down a good line there though you were saying that that what i still oh yeah what i think that this could become love yeah yeah absolutely um i i like personally i think that i think that especially as a guy i could probably fall in love with under like like once again like the whole the abandoned island scenario the yeah. the shipwreck scenario the the your your agents in a, working together for years and years and years um if you're single i think you can probably fall in love with like at least like 50 percent of the population of women on the earth <laughs> i think it's cope if you say anything else unironically i think it's cope i don't know i don't i don't know if i agree with that because I think people in general are, like, pretty... I know people have different levels of standards, but I'm talking about, like, extreme social pressures. I'm talking about you don't see another woman for 10 years. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Right? <laughs> yeah. And, I'm, and that's what I'm saying. Fall, you would fall in love with them. You would believe that you were in love with this person yeah. after 10 yeah, years. Yeah. And a lot of that might just be completely chemical, mm-hmm. plus cope, plus um, your... Because, like, right, right, our bodies know that, like, okay, if I'm going to reproduce... I have to stop being such an idiot. Yeah. I really need to fall in love with this person. We're gonna die. Like uh-huh. humanity's gonna die. Like so. So I, I think that. I, I, I but see, obviously fifty percent is hyperbolic. It could be thirty, but it's a very yeah. large percent. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So I really don't know if anyone can fall in love with anyone. I. I. I or maybe a guy can fall in love with at least fifty percent of the female population. I, I, I don't know about that. I think with so women, I'm, it's a lot smaller. But no, I'm talking yeah. about men. Here. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really don't know. I don't have any study to back that, Neither and so I, I wouldn't make that. Uh, this we're out. Of, this is the love talk, not the yeah, scientific this is a fire study talk. Chat. We're just chatting. Okay. However, 
the part where I would. So, if you remember what I said about my worldview, what I sure. said was,、uh, what I saw love was flowing down vertically、mm-hmm. from the divine and then flowing down outwardly to everyone. That's my expression of love, or at least the expression of love as I see it. And based on my worldview, is that it is independent of、uh, the idea of. A soulmate, and it's once I make that covenant with a person, that's when the um that's when the singling out of the individual as、uh, say the one comes into existence. So that、uh, so, like you said, I don't disagree with what you said about a man being able to fall in love with at least fifty percent of the population. It, How our divine love is, I'm suppo- I love every single person, it, people that I interact, or at least I'm supposed to love them based on my world. I definitely. Sometimes、yes. I don't like them, but <laughs> I still love them, and I wouldn't seek、uh, to harm them in any way. I would、yeah. seek their well,、uh, like their welfare and everything. Yeah. So in the same way, with so all of the female population, which is fifty percent of the human population, at least all things being equal, I would say that yeah, based on what you've said. I'm, I'm supposed to love every single one of them, and until I've made a commitment to be with one person, that makes everyone a potential suitor. But this is why I was trying to talk about a difference between because this this is why I had that this is why I brought that up in the conversation with Paul that, that you thought was digging at you right because because、mm. because I'm tr- we're trying to differentiate the concept of divine love and like the love that we're talking about、okay. romantic one. The、mm. issue is that theologically. There might not even exist a difference for you, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so that's where this kind of we have to make sure we're speaking the same language here,、mm-hmm. right? Now, Emmanuel, I have a question for、okay. you,、uh, and Daniel kind of touched on his point of view on this,、um, I think. But,、uh, and do you believe that there is that dinosaurs existed? <laughs> I mean, I hope so. Do you、okay. believe that there is? A single person for you that you love, like there, you can only ever love one person, truly love them, or is it depending on who you meet and maybe things change in your life and you could love multiple people、no. in a romantic sense? Okay, okay. So I was going to ask. Yes, yes. You, yes, you love everyone.、Sense. Yes, yes. I know. The person that I make the commitment with, which is the reason why I would say no. So if. I were pursuing someone. If there was a lady that I liked, and she maybe I was pursuing her, and then she turned me down, then it means automatically I can no longer pursue that.、Mm-hmm. If she had said yes, of course I would have pursued that. Or、mm-hmm. of course that would have been the person that I would be committed to. And so that's why I would say no. I don't believe that there's a one person. I don't believe in the one. Okay, gotcha. I believe in a one. Now, what are then? And this is a this will be a fun little subject to go into. So then, how does divorce factor into this?、Um, say thirty years down the line, your significant other decides you are no longer right for them. Do you believe you can go out and now find someone else, or do you not? Strictly based on my worldview, no. Holy heavens, bless your soul. Yeah. I mean, but what if like that's what I mean is like, 
say you haven't seen your ex-wife in 10 years and you meet this nice old granny down the road and you guys go on (laughs) walks every day and you find out that, you know, you really just, you really just, you you feel that you love her. Yeah. Are you allowed to pursue that under your own worldview? Like, is that really sinful? Okay, so now I think it might be an interesting thing to talk about the concept of sin. Okay. Someday, although you guys are not religious, it, it might be oh, really yeah, helpful be to. Well, yeah, it yeah, might I mean, be really interesting sin, to talk about the if, Even if you're not really. Right, for, sorry, yeah, just to yeah. interject this, but like, right, sin can still mean something yeah. to someone. It just. Sin implies that you're going against some. At least secularly defined, you're going against whatever accepted code of laws, right? Mm-hmm. For, so, yeah. so, like, if Paul murdered you. Mm-hmm. I could still very well understand it if you say it's a sin. Like I, I, I can, I'm capable. We're capable of yeah. stripping away the theological conversations, yeah. and connotations, understand. and understanding, and having a conversation okay. around it, and believing that some things are truly evil or morally evil yeah. without having the once again the theological connotations behind those words. Yeah. Um, and that's a whole subject: is does evil exist? Right? Just yeah. like does love exist? That's a whole another conversation. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, we can have the sin conversation okay. another yeah. time. It'll be interesting. It's the reason why. Remember uh, the other day when you raised the question about there being a perfectly moral person, like a good person, sure. and another person was a Christian. Like, if you remember what my response was, mm-hmm. because yeah, of course, if. Uh, Paul murdered someone. Paul, sorry for using you as the excuse, as the example. But if Paul murdered someone. Yeah, everyone can see Maybe objectively that this is wrong. An example than you think. <laughs> <laughs> However, like based on so, like I said, having the conversation of sin will actually be a very interesting one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the Bible clearly says is that if someone is angry at his brother, he has committed murder in his heart. Mm-hmm. So to me, a believer, I would see that is still considered as murder. That's on the same scale. And so we see sin as falling short of God's standard. Yep. Not just the laws, not just the Ten Commandments, where it's like, do not do this, do not do that, uh, mm-hmm. do not uh, steal, yeah. do not kill, do not commit adultery. Yep. And so it's... And there are some matters where they are very subjective, uh, where there's uh, the idea of conscience, where if based on your conscience you you feel that this is inappropriate this is wrong you're not supposed to do that there's yep. an allowance things that are not clearly stated as law in God's word mm-hmm. where you feel that for you this is not the right thing for you to do mm-hmm. then if you go ahead and do it it's still sin if I go ahead and do it and did it and I don't based on my conscience I don't see this as wrong it's not sin and so the idea of sin is not which is the reason why I was telling you the other day that there are a lot of things that are very subjective. Like, uh, I'm going to mention this example, but it, it brings up a lot of controversy within Christian circles. Like the idea of drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's not stated in the Bible that you should not drink alcohol. Yep. The Bible speaks about drunkenness, and everyone will agree that drunkenness is definitely a problem because like, we, we see the number of uh, drunk driving accidents every yep. year. We see mm-hmm. that that's a problem. Even the, the country has laws against it. The Bible does talk about not uh, being drunk. Some Christians say that, okay, well, if drinking serves the potential of making me drunk and I can end up doing something... Uh, regretful. 
doing something regretful, then I'll not drink altogether. And so they make a law surrounding it for themselves. That's yeah. fine. If you're living by your conscience, that's fine. If you go against the con- your conscience, that's sin in that sense. Yeah. I don't believe drinking is wrong. I don't drink, however. Mm-hmm. But not because I believe drinking is wrong. Drinking is fine. Mm-hmm. And so if I drank, wouldn't be it sinful. wouldn't be sinful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, for someone who believed that drinking was wrong, if yeah. they drank, then it would be sinful. Yeah, I mean, to me, it sounds to me like your concept of yeah. the concept of sin you're expressing is just a good moral system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, right? Functionally, yeah. functionally Functional, is what I'm talking yeah, okay. about. Obviously, yeah. there's a spiritual aspect, but yeah. right, since I'm mm-hmm. determined to view everything functionally, that right. that it seems to behave as a good moral system. My pop filter just like I think I hit the the resonant frequency of my pop filter and it just like. Uh, <laughs> wow. I want to do that again. That was crazy. <laughs> I wonder what that sounded like. Anyway, um, yeah. That, I mean that that sounds like we're like way off topic now. But that sounds yeah. like <laughs> that's okay. So are you are you, are you going to tie this back into sin back. and love or original the, sin? Back yes. to divorce. Yes. Okay, so, divorce. So, so, that's right. So that's the right. subject was uh, if I um, uh, so you said if. Say my wife separated from me, which I don't have one yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, like separated from me, and now it's one of two things. If she demanded for like divorce, and I had no option but to sign the papers uh, before God, because I, mean, I, I see also the, okay. to some extent you always have an option to do anything. But I mean, well, uh, sometimes when it goes before the court, uh, times you really don't have a choice when. I don't. I don't know much about it. Maybe some more informed listeners, or then if you know, do you know more, a lot about divorce? No, I don't. What, yeah, I just know. I, don't know I just know divorce it. courts creates monsters. <laughs> That's all I know. Yeah, I really uh, don't know anything. I, about I know. Divorce, I know yeah. some about it. What are you talking about exactly? So like, I was what? wondering if there's a situation where one party might not want to get divorced and the other one wants it badly so that the one who doesn't want it is forced to sign it yeah that's like a ton of cases the yeah so so you need to build yeah the the marriage is dissolved like a lot of times when like women are running away from like abusive men Uh and stuff the men never want to get a divorce and so the women need to build a case basically to to show that it's like that can happen so uh if there's a divorce where like maybe signing off papers that doesn't matter whether there's uh, an official divorce or it's just a separation where we decide to uh, live apart for a time. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing marriage as an institution that God established, in the eyes of God, I'll still be married in that sense. And so I cannot go forth and marry again. So one of the interpret yeah. sorry to interrupt, one of the interpretations used to be that like mm-hmm. as soon as you have sex under the eyes of God, you're married. Uh, no, that's not. That's a, so that's a, that's a, yeah. by the way, that's a 1,000 years ago interpretation yeah. of, I don't remember which, which Bible, I think they were still reading purely Latin at that point, but a lot of the, the monks in, um, in, for instance, like Kingsbridge, England, and places like that, that's one of the ways that they thought about it. So I know it's extremely archaic, but that was also a time at which all Christian women covered their hair, too, which I don't know if people, like, remember that used to be a thing, but sorry, I just... Okay, it's now, now that Please continue. Is, that, uh, that subject is a can of worms. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's let's try to stay on track here. Guys. Just trying to open as We're many as very, possible. Very very sidetracked. Uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. Oh, divorce, divorce, divorce. And so, if I found myself in that situation, being someone who strives to obey God's word as much as I can to live by um, God's standard, I'll definitely not go ahead and get divorced, even if there was someone that I liked. If there was someone that I got along with very well, connected with so much, to honor the Lord, 
I would still have to stay celibate for the time until, say, I somehow reunited with my wife again, which, uh, from the situation that you described, uh, certainly might not happen. Just to be clear, you're Protestant, but you don't believe in divorce, in spiritual divorce. No. Okay. Wait, you are Protestant, right? Yes. Is there a specific name for your denomination? Yeah, you can say evangelical. Okay, that, that's yeah. like the name for like all the new age ones, right? Or is there actually like a more new age? I, I really don't know the names that a lot of them have. Yeah, like the new age product, like all the like all the, like the churches yeah. like CLC and stuff, where they're just like like kind of like chill non denominationalist yeah. like yeah, they don't often call like, them non denominational. Really like evangelical. Interesting. I didn't yeah. know that was a yeah. thing. Oh yeah, that, so you got to go Catholic. church more. Yeah, I'll ask. thank you though. Been there, done that. Um, yeah, I, so I, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna say that kind of answers my earlier question <laughs> because I'm sure like the there's a lot of like yeah. once again after the whole uh, like Protestant Revolution and that sort of thing there's yeah. gonna be like degrees but yeah but but once again like the head of the Protestant Church of Brunswick was the one who was like hey divorce is okay but he obviously did that for secular reasons so mm-hmm. anyway um, all right that's a firm stance that's a firm stance yeah. mm-hmm. okay so and, and an understandable one I think. And yeah. reasonably consistent given your grounding. Yeah. Um, okay. So you love all people. Yeah. But the romantic love that would be that would be special is something that is tied tightly with the institution of marriage. Yeah. And is a one-time thing, regardless yeah. of how apt you are to be able to fall in love. So yeah. it's really for you. It's not about there being some extra special one person out there, but you as a man have made the choice. Absolutely. Along with that person, and that's what does it. It's the company that makes the one person special. And so, uh, so unironically, that's probably like closer to my view practically than like with Paul, right? Yeah. Be- because right, because sense. for both of us, it's about like it's about the choice, it's about the contract more yeah. than there being some Other. some some love that is specific to one or a few people mm-hmm. yeah. and you. Yeah. So, huh? That's kind of cool. Now, can I share uh, something? There's this YouTuber that Uh-oh. I watched. Um, maybe several months ago, may have been a year ago, okay. called uh, Matthew Hussey. And he shared something about... What a name. It, it was very insightful. Now, I don't know if this guy's a Christian. I, I don't believe he is. Um, mm-hmm. However, he shared something uh, very poignant where he talked about like the idea of dating apps. And he said, dating apps, in his opinion... Now, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I, he may not have said this directly, mm-hmm. but I, I hope I'm not misquoting him. If I do, I'll apologize. And uh, <laughs> if, if someone calls me out, yeah, 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 we understand. Just, say, just move along. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to establish that look. I'm not trying to fabricate any, hey, anything. Hey, if we ever yeah. say some stupid shit on this podcast, <laughs> go ahead, call us out. We'll be more than willing to talk about it yeah. and address our errors on air or even invite you on to talk about it. All right, there. That's our policy. Okay, That's our policy. great. Fine. Go ahead. So uh, he said something about the idea of dating apps where you're just swiping through people, where you, you just look at them and just based on what the profile picture says and maybe the, the, the things the person has written about themselves, where you put nine out of ten times don't even read it. It's like that's definitely not a good way to look at people where it's almost like you're trying to optimize people. Trying to shop yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Trying to optimize people just based on very surface level ideas, and he was and like, "Jerk reactions." Yeah. yeah, and and one of the things he said was, um, he said, if you met someone at the bar, wouldn't you talk with them? Wouldn't you get to know them a bit more? If you met someone at a party, say a friend introduced you, wouldn't you talk to them a bit? Like spend time with them, 
And he, what he said was, he said the reason, what, one of the things he pointed out was that the reason why a lot of people are single in this time of ours, now that the world is more connected than ever, is that people are trying to, treating relationships like a thing to be optimized, where I'm trying to find the best person that suits me. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, it's reducing people to sort of like um, a... Now, whenever you're doing solving an optimization problem, what do you call your... Uh, objective function? No, not the objective function, but the optimal value. Yeah. You, yeah. You're reducing people to um, elements within your, say, domain, where you're trying to optimize it and find your objective value. People are just elements in the level set that we're going to... I know, to, we're going in your to. level set. And, it's, <laughs> and, and one of the things he said was that it was a very selfish way to pursue anything and so yeah I, I really can't remember in detail but then that was generally what he was talking about and I thought about it I was like wow what he's saying is really true like why don't you meet a person because I know of a lot of people I don't know if you uh, share this with me where uh, some of my closest friends when I met them the first time I didn't like them mm-hmm. like I might even say I hated them because they had done something like from afar. We're not friends. Like I just knew them. They had done something that really annoyed me and I hated them. But then getting close to getting closer and knowing them, I grew fond of them. I grew to like them. So to just look at people from afar, like with a surface level analysis Mm -hmm. and decide who is uh, what's best and what's optimal, that's that's a very selfish way to reduce people. Like, it's almost like not according to people the value that a human being should have. Well, so I'll, I have a question okay. first. Have you ever used a dating app, Emmanuel? No. Okay, so I will say, coming from someone with lots of experience, okay. um, I agree with you okay. um, to some extent that like it is, it is definitely not an ideal way to do it and yeah. the system has flaws and whatnot. However, yeah. when it comes to... Because there are other dating apps with okay. much more in-depth of, like, they list more about themselves. And even then, it's probably still, to some extent, surface-level stuff. Yeah. But say, you know, you spend an hour on each person looking through various aspects of their life. Yeah. And then you decide, oh, this one fits really well. And so you swipe right, which usually means you want to match with them. Okay. But then they never swipe right with you. You just wasted that hour. Yeah. And so a lot of the times you're you're... You're not choosing someone solely based on these things, but you're saying, and it's it's still surface level and still okay. leads to kind of the wrong inspiration, I think, for how you should be searching for people. Okay. But it's like, these are people I would be willing to get to know better mm. and to see if there would be something. Because if you spend all that time saying, oh yeah, this one will be perfect, and then it never happens, then yeah. you just wasted all that time. Yeah, especially with guys on dating apps. Yes. Well, which, once again, goes to all the stuff I was talking about before. Guys on dating apps are swiping right a lot. Yeah. <laughs> whether you're looking for sex or for just looking. Oh, because, yeah, no, without a because doubt. Because you're, you're not going to ask the person to marry immediately. You know, you're going to yeah. meet them. You're going to hang out. You might just be doing coffee dates at first. It depends what you're there for. But, mm-hmm. like, but like the, the I don't think I, – I agree – in some sense that, like, yeah, they can be pretty cancerous and they can kind of mess up how you think about people and that sort of thing. But sure. at the same time, like, I don't know if there's that much of a difference from, like, looking over someone's Tinder profile and swiping left or right and using that as a method to whether you want to contact them or, like, 
checking some girl out at a dance before and you go out and talking yeah, to her, maybe talk asking her friend, maybe asking a friend if he, he knows who that is. Like, like it's just a shortcut to this. And yeah, shortcuts can be not good, but I, I think there are more parallels to it to how we do in normal situations than might me, um, be immediately apparent. Um, okay. And, and the other thing I would say is that, like, I think people are always min-maxing love when we're they're looking for partners. In life. I mean, we're always, yeah, we innately, we're always min-maxing we're, everything. We're neural but networks. I, but I think, yeah, well, yeah, okay, obviously from my point of view, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that, but, but I mean, <laughs> but even from a general perspective, um, I think that when we're talking about, like, I think it's only selfish to min-max what you want in a relationship if you're doing it in a stupid way. If you have a good objective function, that function will consider the health and well-being and enjoyment of your partner, too, because that's what makes it a fulfilling relationship for you, or should, assuming that we're talking about, like, once again, I'm talking about, like, a long-term yeah, like yeah. romantic relationship. So I don't agree that that's a necessarily selfish thing, because I think that if it is a selfish thing, then you're doing it wrong. Then you're not doing a good job of it, because you are optimizing for, you're not optimizing for all the variables you should be. But I think it's okay if you're optimizing for all the variables you should be to think about it like that because you do want, like, if you want to have kids, you want to have the best possible mother for your kids. Yeah. I'm not saying the best possible, like, there's only one out there. I've clearly already stated I don't believe in that. But, like, yeah. given the local the local field you're in, right, find the local optimal for that point. Yeah. And I think that's what you do naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I could ask yeah. you, like, how you guys have met your significant others, but there was some sort of optimization, some choice process Absolutely. involved in there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so so I, I think that I, I just I, – I, that's how I think about it. So I would say that, that, that what that guy said, he raises good points, but I, I don't agree with him, actually. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, when you talk about it like that, yeah, maybe I, I didn't <laughs> think about it completely. And then I admit yeah, I, I definitely do. <laughs> You've definitely raised a lot of good mm-hmm. points that, yeah, of course, in real life, we also do a bit of optimization. Yeah. And, and and also it comes yeah. with experience. Like I yeah. know, for example, when I first got on dating apps and everything, like I spent a lot more time reading over their profile, trying to learn more about them, really grasp every detail. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> but then you just realize that like a lot of the times you, you spend a lot of time doing this and it leads to nothing. Yeah, so it's yeah. just a very large waste of time. What's the issue? It's not, yeah, yeah, it's exactly. It's not yeah. the issue of me or you being floozies. Well, it might be, but, but <laughs> the, the point isn't that I'm like, oh, I got to swipe right as many times uh, <laughs> as possible just because I want that many women. It's because yeah. if you're a guy and you're below the 90th percentile, in any way, you're not. You getting... probably just you, you have to volume swipe yeah. just to get to talk to people, and then <laughs> to talk to anyone. After you get a few matches, you can be like, okay, which of these do I actually want to talk to? And usually, if you're a freshman college kid, you're going to talk to all of them or any of them <laughs> that might pop up. But once again, this is like a this is it's it's those environments are very different depending on who you are, depending on how uh, what your background is, depending on also your like your your game, right? Like if you if you if your fo- if you have like two photos and they're both like like washed out like self. He's like this with your three chins showing. Yeah, of course you're not going to get anyone who talks to you. And and that might not be the case at a bar, but that's also because you're bad at presenting yourself on dating apps. So, mm-hmm. um, All right. I, I think that was a relatively well-rounded discussion on that. That was good. So. That was good. Um, Paul, you had some... You did some research or something you wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah. So uh, I did do some research for this episode. Surprisingly, this I did some research for this fireside chat. I uh, was watching a few TED Talks and various things, and I was just curious as looking at, like, purely, like... Wait, hold on. 
Did you say TikToks? TED Talks. Okay, TED Talks. I researched TikToks for my PhD thesis. Christmas. Um, Yeah, and so I did some some reading about like what is the evidence behind love and scientifically what is love and evolutionary, what is the purpose of love, et cetera, et cetera. And it it seems there are certain regions of our brain that do light up with someone that we care more about and that seems to suggest there there may be something more than just uh, a sexual partner. And to some extent that might be evolutionarily because we want to pass on our genes and so really the two best methods for doing that are either to have multiple partners and to just give as many chances as you can with as many people as possible or to lock down a single partner and to keep anyone else from spreading on their genes with them and so uh one of the things one of the ted talks was talking about was how uh kind of our whole idea behind the uh what is it, the the core family? What is it called? The nuclear. Nuclear, nuclear family. that's yeah. the one. Um, and how that has kind of shaped our idea of love to some extent because for a long time before there was kind of this idea of the nuclear family, um, there were lots of civilizations and cultures where it was very common that the people with more power and higher up in kind of the male hierarchy had more partners and that people on the lower end of it had less partners. Um, Hypergamy. Yes, exactly. Um, And so the, but eventually it became the case uh, and I don't remember when they said it really started, but it's, oh, I, it made a, it might have been like due to religious, that's what it, it was during, yeah. uh, it was the Roman Empire yeah. and like due to religious beliefs that it was kind of encouraged to, to have a single partner um, and that, that eventually then our whole idea behind, you know, true love and you know getting a house and getting a a car and having a good family and living quote-unquote a good life a lot of it revolved around this idea of a nuclear family and a one partner and oftentimes it is looked down upon um, by many a people to have multiple partners or to be in multiple relationships or whatever the case is but how there there may not be any uh kind of natural reason that humans or really any animal um, have are, are meant to mate for life and so one of the things that came up was uh, this this person giving the TED talk was discussing how there are a, a decent handful of animals that supposedly mate for life they live their life with a single partner um, and it seems that that is the partner whom they reproduce with and have a family with and whatever the case is but a lot of the times they actually that anywhere from you know 20 to 50% of their offspring don't share the genetic material of the father. And so there's lots of cheating in the animal kingdom going on basically. Um, and how there are actually only, I think it was like less than 10 species from which have been studied that actually truly mate for life and don't cheat on their, their mate. Is the eagle one of them? I don't know, but I do know uh, the majority of them were birds, they said. Yeah. Uh, but there are a lot of birds where people claim they mate for life, where indeed they actually don't, and infidelity is very common. Um, <laughs> well, that, yeah, that just means they pair bond. I mean, I don't even know, like, that could be functional. That could be functional, right? They could have, like, they, it's very possible that there's some, there's some function with that actually 
makes oh, them wait, festival is a penguin able a to bird? spread their genes better. It's but a penguin and bird. Penguins are birds. Yes. Okay. And that's one of the ones that they. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's what I, they because, like I said, there are only less than ten. I believe. I think it was eight that truly like mate for life. Don't cheat on their significant. No, I, I I don't think penguins mate for life. They. They pair up with just one partner for mating season, but then afterwards they can switch around. Ah. It depends on the penguin species, though. I, there Ooh, might okay. be a penguin species that mates for yeah, life. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, really? And um, then, uh, you know, yeah. another thing that uh, the penguin species tend to be really. Some of them are really different from each other. So that's yeah. the only reason I say it. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, I know. There's because yeah. Once again, he as he says, there's lots of pair bonding, but lifetime oh, wow. exclusive mates. Um, mm-hmm. Can be rare. It's very rare. Says something yeah. about swans. Yeah, swans are the swans are the. That's why they're like the bird of love. Yeah. Uh-huh. Doves are the bird of love, but that's uh, stupid. Yeah. Swans are the bird <laughs> of like the love. And then we have albatrosses. But again, like yeah. a lot of these that are commonly seen as when they look into the studies, it's it's uh, what they call it serial monogamy. It's yeah. kind of like per project. Yeah. Like okay. oh, we had kids, and, we had a family, and now I'm going to have yeah. kids with someone else. And something. I'm just gonna say functionally. That's humans. Yeah. By the way, we are not. We are like very far away from lifetime pair bonding, or or not life lifetime exclusivity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been the case in every society ever, whether we hit it or not. No, <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. Yes. You. I just saw that there's a bird actually called lovebirds. I had no clue. I mean, there's a lot of things called a lot of things, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, Love I know pigeons. Really, there are things a called a lot of things. That's interesting. Thank you. <laughs> Lovebird. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, it's yeah. okay. How about that? Genus Agapornis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well done, scientist. Yeah, well it done. is a kind of parrot. <laughs> Only it is one of those the gray-headed lovebird, being yeah. native to Madagascar. I mean, it's one of those dancing birds that mm. like probably. Well, huh. anyway, very cool. Okay, I'm glad we. I'm I, glad I we did know of pigeons though, because yeah. we had pigeons living uh, like. Kr- kr- we didn't keep them, but they lived in a house rent free. Like lived in the roof, and so I, we sort of like fed them and just. I've probably seen just as say. much pigeon French kissing as I've seen human French kissing in my days, because we've had lots of pigeons that would. But again, our barn. like so for obviously Sorry, since this is a podcast, <laughs> like uh, Emmanuel is currently looking up lists of species that mate for life, but. I mean, I think this list has more than eight species on it, yeah. and so I, d- I don't know if yeah. this is indeed like the truly mate for life kind of. Yeah. It's commonly seen that a yeah. lot of these species do that, but in, mm. when it, you look further, it's not actually the case. Yeah. And another thing, this this I think it was the same speaker talked about was um, looking at if there was a gene particularly um, that was associated with the monogamy, love gene. <laughs> monogamy gene, and like how. <laughs> And so they they tested um, DNA of I want to say they did it. It was human DNA they looked at, um, and we people. didn't have it. Well, no, it was a uh, it, it varies sorry. greatly from person to person. Yeah. Yeah. And so oftentimes they said it was it was highly correlated with uh, how well their spouse rated them because they were specifically looking at men. Because for women, mm. it's much more. Uh, strongly present um, and it, it to some extent makes more sense because they often even in nature are the one to raise the, the offspring because yeah, yeah. they're the one who birthed the offspring in most cases yeah. um, and so they were looking at men specifically and a lot of the times it was the men who were seen as a better father who had a stronger uh, what's the term you use for genes uh, 
like the term used for gene is gene. So no, like <laughs> but like strongness, presence, like oh oh, uh, they, they were they were more like activated. There was more yeah, gene yeah. activation. The, there's a term for it. Oh yeah, uh, I I, no. I literally expression. Did, this is literally my job, by the way, and he got expression before me. So yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah. to be fair, that's also his research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he does <laughs> also kind of my gene. job. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you actually might do that more than me. So yeah. never mind. It's your job. I, I, I work with bi- microbiomes, not genes. Well, so. it's not my job. That's why I don't know. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Plus, I slept through half of my biology classes in high school. Okay, so Paul, go. Very Paul, go. go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, that, uh, so this expression varies in how it doesn't really make much sense in today's day and age because uh, divorce rates are at an all-time high and like uh, nuclear families are decreasing and like single yep. mothers are increasing. Um, and how we have this kind of ideology of, and I'm not saying I, I believe and support this because I would like to believe that one day I'll have a family who I spend the rest okay. of my life with. So you're speaking, you're not, you, there's no moral normativity here. You're just saying what's happening. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Um, and that okay. it, it doesn't really make much sense for us to so strongly support the idea of uh, a single partner and falling in love and a nuclear family when the science seems to suggest that we are we are not necessarily built for that biologically speaking all right that's something we can deal with because that is a that is basically a prescription or that's a potential you're, you're saying i could you saying you might be willing to argue that point yeah. um yeah i so okay one thing i will pick out on immediately is that the animal stuff is interesting but this is a really common thing that people will use for instance in like uh like gender debates and stuff where they're like, hey, this animal species does this. So therefore, we don't need this moral prescription in our society about how things should be done. Um, and, and while I'm not the biggest fan of a lot of gender prescriptions, I think that using an animal species to compare it to humans, which are by definition the most different animal species in terms of in terms of like how far we are from any ability to say like this is naturally what we should do, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I, I think that like... I think it's clear historically we've never done that sort of thing. And you're the claim you'd make, Paul, would be that um, you don't think that we should be prescribing lifelong pair bonding. Is that your that, statement? That seems to be the claim this this person giving the TED Talk was saying. Oh, And I think okay. to some extent it makes sense. I'm not okay, necessarily sure. saying... Yeah, no, I'm just yeah. trying to figure out if like if there's something concrete to push to push against here. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so, yeah, sure. So that claim, I'll push... Uh, yeah, I... It's an interesting... It's an interesting point of view. I think that you could definitely say... I, I mean, I don't feel like there is a lot of... I don't feel like we do push for lifelong pair bonding that much. At least my generation. Like... Like, because I feel like people are so, the generation before us, by the way, uh, my generation, the millennials, and yeah. are pretty awesome about marriage compared to the generations before us. Because we grew up watching everybody get divorced and ever, like the, 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 yeah. the generations before us have such terrible, they're the ones, by the way, that have the terrible divorce rates and everything. Um, and, and our generation actually gets married less and yeah. the marriages last longer. And there's, uh, obviously we're young, but... Um, so I think well, that's pretty course. cool. If I think we learned less, a lesson there. If you have but, a le- if you have fewer marriages, you're going to have fewer divorses. <laughs> well, yes, but, but I didn't say we had fewer longer. divorces. Yeah, okay. I said the marriages last longer. Okay. Yeah. 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 You you trick you you like 
you you tried to you trip me, but I was standing somewhere else. Like, he wasn't yeah. saying, yeah. I dodged that point on purpose because that's that's one of the ones that people make. There's like a lot of these debates they'll have online about like is marriage good and that sort of thing. But yeah, marriage so, is based, by the way. But <laughs> so about what you said, uh, yes, it's because the generation that went before us, we saw all of the mess. Yeah, that happened, and so it's the same reason why we said uh, maybe in a few weeks to come we might talk a bit about parenting, about how uh, nine out of ten guys—I don't know of ladies, but like guys—nine out of ten guys have a problem with their dads or have had a problem with their fathers. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that daddy's issue, <laughs> daddy <laughs> issues, is a thing. So I know it's for yeah. women too. But yeah, continue. <laughs> well, I, I I don't know of them, but at least I know it. Most of the men that I've spoken with had a problem with their father at some point or have a problem with their father now. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so we don't know what happened with that previous generation, but then you think about it, and their parents were in the World Wars and the Vietnam Wars and lots of these global wars okay. that happened. There were, like, three or four generations there, but, yes, the, okay. between yeah. the World yeah. War II. <laughs> but, but, yeah, 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 But sure. By the way, basically the children of those people, we don't know if that played a my, role. Yeah, my parent, my mom was, uh, my, my mom was the daughter of a, of a World War II bomber navigator who flew on the same type of bomber that dropped the nuke. Uh-huh. He didn't actually drop the nuke himself. Anyway, that so what he said. So, so he claimed, but and, he was a bit of a nutcase. And, and like our kids are going to be the kids yeah. whose parents were around during the pandemic of COVID and, yeah. and, and the homes. Trump presidency. <laughs> the two most exciting things in my lifetime. Yike. Um, okay. Anyway, yeah. So do. So should should, I? Yeah. As I was saying, I feel like we are so we we like. It is really is a lot easier for people to get divorced than it has been in most periods in history, actually. Yeah, yeah. And well, you know, while the the purchasing pam- power of like individuals has fallen, so like a man can't just like support a family on his own job anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get divorced, the woman isn't going to like die on the street alone because she can support herself now. So there's like different aspects to this to, to every all of these things that are like good or bad. Um, I I think that. Yeah, I don't know. I think that, like, people... I don't know about lifetime pair bonding. I think it's fine if parents have kids and they raise them well and they raise them together and the kids go off to college and they say, I never want to see you again, and they live their own lives. I think that's okay. I think you should be, absolutely be monogamous pair bonded during parenting. Mm-hmm. Um Nuclear family, extended family, I don't care about any of that. But I think having parents in your lives that are together and that are, that are like, pushing a, a flat mission statement, right? Mm-hmm. That aren't competing with each other for love, like, any of that garbage. I think that's really important. Um, and I think that while uh, polygamous relationships are actually fine are you sure about no that? so well listen what i'm gonna say okay. listen what i'm gonna say i say fine in that there's no like level one base level like reason that i should say that they aren't i should not restrict people's freedoms to do that and i won't make a prescription against it on the basis of like morality or ethics but on a higher level of like second degree ethics where it's like 
I think you should be allowed to be in a relationship with multiple people. I think you should also know that 99% of the time, those things go up in balls of flames. Oh, yeah. Those things are disasters. Always. Almost always. Almost always. And even for the people whose lives that they can control it, they're mature enough to be sleeping with multiple women at the same time who know about each other and that sort of thing, or or to be in, like, actual relationships where people know about each other and that sort of thing, um, there's always more drama. You can ask these people, and if they're not liars, they'll I mean, admit yeah, it. more people, more they're, drama. Yeah there's, ju- yeah, there's just more <laughs> drama. And I think that, like, mm-hmm. that tires people out, that weighs heavily yeah. on you. And if you're bringing kids into the mix, as I've, I've already stated, mm-hmm. I believe that yeah. should be a monogamous thing. Well, you shouldn't. You shouldn't bring kids into that mix. Um, yeah. It's too complicated, and you're not going to. You're not right. You're you're not doing a good job. You're not going to do the best job you can at raising those kids. Or and if you're you're lying to yourself if you think otherwise. So yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with those things. But as soon as you bring kids into it, and as soon as you bring like, hey, is this like the best way you could be living your life? Right. Like yeah. like not even considering like because I don't really consider like sex innately sinful or anything. But like. Mm-hmm. I just think that it, it, it always leads to more social disruption than it would otherwise if you didn't do that. Like, I think I think it's just a, a bad way of doing things. Yeah. So. And uh, I'd just like to put this in. Sure. Because um, someone might be thinking it because I've heard – I actually heard it very recently, maybe about a week ago, where someone was making an argument on uh, a certain, like, popular YouTube channel – uh, where it was this debate they were having, maybe not a debate, maybe a discussion, where someone was making the claim that, well, the Bible supports polygamy, and that you, you look at the examples. I'm sure you've all heard of Solomon and his um, 700 wives and 300 concubines, and they give like lots of examples, like David, like almost all the, like a lot of the people that are held in high esteem in the Bible mm-hmm. were all in polygamous relationship, at least a lot of them, not all of them, because uh, we had a few who were in very monogamous relationships like uh, Moses and others and those Joseph. But so these people, people often point to it and say that the Bible is in support of, of polygamy. Okay. Yes. Can I just say that that's like okay. clearly stupid because the, the Bible is telling stories about events at the time of exactly. it. So, yeah. so like it's telling about how people lived, not necessarily how people should live yeah. when it's documenting supposed history. So... I'm just going to – before you even tell me why yeah, that's wrong, yeah. I'm just going to say it's clearly wrong. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, well, I'm not, I'm not even going to continue again since you pointed it out. <laughs> Sorry because, to – Because if I spoke about it, it would look like maybe because you're a Christian, that's why. Yeah, well, like, we'll let the formerly militant atheist point it out. Like, that's stupid. Yeah, that's just like, dumb logic. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. not logical. It's just dumb. Yeah. And, and, and like, Paul, you pointed out, it was with the rise of Christianity that – uh, polygamy actually declined in Europe. Yeah, yeah. yeah without yeah. doubt. As, as yeah. I've said, as a, this, uh, all the stuff I'm reading about, you know, 1000 AD England, the the priests there were very against polygamy. They were yeah. the only ones actually yeah. <laughs> against polygamy after the Romans left. So. And something else that was talked about in this TED talk is how, like, with the with the rise of women's rights and things yeah. like that, and yeah. women's power in society yeah. and their ability to get jobs and stable income and stuff, is another aspect that has played into the the increased divorce rate whether you think it's for good or for bad whether it's they're escaping bad relationships that otherwise they would have been forced into or they're pursuing their own career or whatever the case is that's why i know it seemed kind of random when i interjected the whole like women can earn now on their own but that's like one of the things is that you're able to like we don't know if the rise and we we can't we can't make a nice like you know principal component analysis and get nice (laughs) orthogonal vectors for like Women that are leaving 
um, the rate that women leave because like they're getting the shit beat out of them and they really need to leave, and the rate that women are leaving um, because of like the moral decline of the West. Like these, th- we can't really yeah, measure yeah. the difference between these yeah. things too easily. So um, yeah, that's I, that's a, that's a, that's a very good. And another thing I would say about the uh, the observation that was made, or at least the claims that was made about this guy who uh, was it a, a man or a woman? It was a woman. A the woman. TED okay. Talk the so the woman who uh, gave this TED talk about the natural tendency of humans, like one of the reasons why uh, I still I'm not in any form of polygamy is it just reduces. Like, you look at it, and, and like what you said, it definitely leads to a lot of mess, but it almost doesn't put as much value on the woman. It, where, by definition, doesn't. It, yeah, it by yeah, definition, <laughs> doesn't. Up your, your... Where you have multiple women, and these people uh, so are all there to please the man. Well, but it, it could be so, the reverse so as well. The, what I, so what I was talking about was actually was either your was polygamy where you're in the, either in like an open relationship, mm-hmm. so both people are allowed to okay, do it, yeah, okay, yeah. or or you are. Um, so you're talking about both polygamy and polyandry, or both people are dating other people, or both people are dating other people, or it's like you one of those weird, freaking communist five people oh, all yeah, fucking yeah. each other, whatever they. There's a word. Oh, there's a word for that. There's a word for that. The the. Because these are guys. These are like some of the some of the the guys, the the bi guys who have like body counts in the two thousands because oh, they're just heavens. like they have these. I forgot what they're called, but the, there's anyway. California is a wild place, but <laughs> the so the um fuck. What were we talking about? Uh, uh, we're talking about polygamy. Polygamy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Sorry. So yeah, all I was gonna say is that I yeah I think that. Like I think that if you are doing the the one way polygamy, the one sided yeah. polygamy okay. or whatever, yeah. where you're like, I can sleep with as many women as I want, I will have other girlfriends, but you are only with me. Um, that's like a remnant of like when your landlord wanted to just have three wives because he was rich, but the peasants couldn't because mm-hmm. they couldn't afford yeah. the right. Like that. That's that's that that. I consider that very disrespectful. I think yeah, that's yeah, actually just unethical if you're not letting your women also sleep around <clears throat> if you're doing the same thing, right? Like like that that you should be even and there should be a negotiation with you guys and I think it shows a lack of respect if you don't do that. So 100%. when I'm talking about like acceptable okay. polygamy or polyamory, okay. it's going to be both ways. It's going yeah. to be both ways. Okay. Um or you know, it, and it can be both ways, but the, maybe the girl or the guy is just not comfortable Choose, doing it, yeah, yeah. chooses not, not to do to, it. Yeah. Then probably the other person should probably maybe consider that they should do it just anyway. But I, that's that's for them to figure out. Yeah, My yeah. point is that, yeah, I'm not t- – I, I do think that especially the one-sided ones, those are just showing a complete lack of respect for your partner. Um, and in the cases where it is polyamory, yeah, it reduces the amount of value you can put on one person. 100%. Okay. And that's why I say you should never do it in like a family where you're trying to raise kids. You should wait, do it before or wait till after. You can be swingers if you want. You can do that sort of thing. But um, obviously don't like involve your kid. Stop involving children in sexual shit. Okay, there. Well, I'm, I don't think you had to say that. <laughs> I, I think we can all agree with no, that. No, because when I you hope. start getting into this stuff, people always want to, oh, it's so, like, because cause as soon as you get into this stuff, they'll say, well, you know, oh, oh, this and this thing. Look at these people that are, like, swingers, swingers. Oh, you want swingers? Like, are you going to tell your kids about it and stuff? No, no, clearly I disavow that. Clearly I disavow all that crazy shit on Twitter that people talk about where they take sexual liberalism to way too high levels. No, we're not, we don't do that here. 
Okay, now, I had to make it clear. You know what? I don't strongly agree, uh, disagree with you. Sure, hit me. Because, uh, so I agree with you in one sense where you're saying that uh, this definitely messed the children up, and so children should not be involved in anything Which, like this. I said a lot of things that'll mess children up. Uh, you talked about polygamy, <laughs> polygamy, uh, and, like 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 uh, seeing like seeing two having like two dads and two moms, or having like a dad and a mom where there's other adults coming in and out all the time, or having two moms, or having and they don't know one which one them. is theirs. I, I, either one of them, like all of them, any of these together. chaotic situations, any of these chaotic sure. situations. Yeah, I agree with you in okay. that sense that it definitely messed it would mess the children up. Yep, and I. Agree with you, and the part where you said, "Well, you can do it before that, before children come into the picture." I still disagree with that because um, that's assuming that humans have maybe a biological switch where you can turn it on and off. Where if a person was practicing this before marriage, they would suddenly be able to turn off the switch where they'll not. Well, have you, the, the, so. where the desires will not remain so that they can still pursue so that they will still have the desire to pursue it whether it be with the knowledge of uh, the, uh, the partner or without the knowledge of the partner yeah. and secondly so, so, so that's on the one hand which I don't think we have an off switch where you can turn off and say okay I'm not going to do that anymore and secondly um, there's the part where this might lead to the pro-life or the, yeah. the, the pro-life pro-choice debate where you're saying that once this is happening if say if assuming there was an off switch where it's not going to have any ramifications later on if you were having this very open um, sexual uh, activity we know that contraception isn't 100% and I don't think we have a lack of stories where people were using contraception and still uh, conception happened. And so even though you may say that, okay, go ahead and do it, uh, like maybe a person is free, I mean, you are definitely not prescribing that people should do that, but you're saying that, okay, even if people want to do something like this, they should pursue it outside of, mm. uh, outside of the yeah. context of children. Children could still come in even though that wasn't the plan. And yes. at that point, who takes responsibility? Whenever you have sexual yeah. relationships yeah. with anybody yeah. ever, yeah. you should always have worked out what happens in the event of a pregnancy. Yeah. Every sexual partner I've ever had, yeah. we've been clear I, well, on these I things. Mean, in heterosexual relationships, at least, this is something that should be because it, it's. Um, Unless yeah, you're right. Change. You're right. You're right. Yeah. The guys I've been with, we did not have this conversation. I did not say, hey, are you going to get <laughs> pregnant after this? <laughs> no. Um, the, okay. So, Emmanuel, yeah. do you think that if you've never done something before, do you still want to do it? Or is there something you haven't done but you want to do? This is I, the, the question. You cannot answer no to this. The answer is clearly yes. Well, I'm definitely getting married, so I'm looking forward to something. But you haven't gotten married, but you want to, and you haven't done it before. So therefore, yes, you can Absolutely. want things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can want so, things. But not yeah. do them. Yes. I was going so, to say, I think so, the, the first point you made is invalid. Yeah, so it's only because, because I, I know what you're trying to say, yeah. but I think the way you said it doesn't work. Because okay. the idea is like, you, there's no on-off switch where you can just stop wanting to do these things or stop doing these things. It's yeah. like, well, before I did them, I wasn't doing them, but I probably still wanted to do them. 
So yeah. and this is where I would push it as the responsibility of the individual, exactly. right? This becomes the individual's responsibility to engage in a healthy lifestyle as they bring up their children. You know, maybe this person wants to smoke crack and have kids. Well, they should still stop smoking crack, even if they've smoked crack once before, mm-hmm. right? Okay. This doesn't, yeah, this doesn't change that. They are, should, still what about, so what about alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. You say that alcohol probably isn't really immoral. What about a mom? So would you say that a mom shouldn't have alcohol once because then she can't flip the off switch and she might drink while she's pregnant? <laughs> Your answer is no. <laughs> so... Uh, but I, I can let you go if you uh, want. But I, that's something I have to give it more thought. I'd have to give it more sure, thought. Sure, sure. I respect that, and I have to give it more thought. And I respect that. I don't have a yeah. definite answer. And I, I respect that. Now. I just wanted yeah. to. I just wanted to, to okay. knock that down a uh-huh. little bit because yeah. okay. I, okay. I think that. Fair enough. I agree that if you engage in this, it, there's a potential that it could make it harder for you yeah, course, to be a good yeah. parent in the future. Yeah. Maybe even to be loyal, but. I don't have a strong enough idea of that to make any sort of prescription against it, and that's where I draw the line, mm-hmm. right? Okay. As someone who is gauge, engaged in all sorts of sexual things in his past, I don't have any difficulty being completely faithful to my wife. Okay. Um, I, do I want to have sex with people, with, with women? Yes, I do. Did I want to before I was married? Yes, I do. I have a, a, I have a, a system in place, right? I have an ethical constraints that prevent me from doing so. So I don't. Yeah. Because I, I'm, okay. I'm self-conscious, and, yeah, and I can make these choices. Person, yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I don't think it's like, man, this person's really hot that I'm talking to, and you know, I had sex out of wedlock one time, and now I just, <laughs> oh, I don't think I can stop myself. Like, no, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. So that, that's all I'm going to push fair back enough, on that. Fair enough. I'm, but, I'm but, not going to push back yeah. because, like I said, I haven't given this very deep yeah. thought. And, and, and and there, I, but there are good points to be made yeah. there, so uh, so think about it more because mm-hmm, I, okay. I, think you, I think there are good points to be made from your side of the argument there. Mm-hmm. I just think that that wasn't one of them. Yeah. Um, on, the, on, the, on the other side, what was the other? What was the second one you said? Second one was uh, the idea of contraception, which you sort of did address by saying that you always had a conversation with. Exactly. Like, that just gets into responsible, responsible sex and responsible. Can I ask you something? Sure. If you've lived through the past few years, do you really think the majority of the human population is responsible? No, but I, I think the majority of... Um, the human oh are they responsible yes well so for instance if you don't think there there's any base level of responsibility then you don't believe in uh, what is this called more this then you don't believe in uh, rational actors which means you believe that the entire system of the economy has no justification because the entire system of our economy is founded on the idea of rational actors and I think rational actors are gen- so it's like do you expect a person when given like a relatively straightforward simple choice to act rationally? And if you, do, if you don't believe in that, you can say in the majority of situations, which, of course, we say yes, right? If Paul sees two identical things, one is 10 cents and one is 15 cents, he's going to buy the 10 cent I'm one. I want to buy them Paul both. Paul is a rational actor. <laughs> Paul is really hungry, so he buys them both. Okay. But, that, but, but obviously, then you would have had, like, the budget for that or something, right? And, and so I think, in general, people are rational actors, and I think that extends that, that extends in some ways to this case. Do I think people are responsible? To the level that I would like? No. no people God, still no. drink soda. People still give soda to yeah. their children. I think that's despicable. I yeah. think that I, like, I make strong moral imperatives against things like giving soda to children. <laughs> because of what it does to your brain and what it does to your microbiome. But I think that, you know, we're progressing as a society and these things will get better. Sure. Um, I do... 
so like once again, do I think people are responsible? No, I think that people who engage in crazy sexual lifestyles actually tend to be, in a lot of cases, more sexually educated than um, than some of their counterparts who don't. So I expect them to at least be educated about these conversations in some way. Um, and a lot of times, if something does happen, if, if it's one of the really crazy situations, well, it's not going to matter because they're not going to be able to pin the baby on you. I'm talking about in, like, college situations where crazy shit's happening. If you're talking about, like, one of those Dr. Mr. Morris show or whatever that shit is where they're like, you are not the father. Oh, and they, all the, all the XQC memes got made. Or, yeah, yeah, that. Um, if you're talking about that situation, that's almost always with these people who are, like, sleeping with four different people, but they're always lying about yeah. it. Yeah. They're yeah. always lying about <laughs> it. So, like, when I'm talking about, like, open, like, responsible sex is being honest. It's being prepared. It's talking about these things. It's consent. There's, like, a lot of, there's a lot of actually complex social stuff that goes into this. And that's why I think education on this is actually really important, especially for, like, young college kids and stuff like that. As much as all the seminars related to that shit is, like, super cringe. Um <laughs> And teaching sex in school too early is probably not good. Mm -hmm. um, I think high school is really the place for this. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I, I think that, like, a lot of the stuff that comes down to contraception, that's the way you deal with that in the realm of sex. I don't think you can use it as a reason to say that, like, poly polyamorous re Relationship. relationships are inherently bad. Um, I think yeah, there's I, lots of I cases. I think that in would like, just argue. I mean, I think from Emmanuel's point of view that like out of marriage relationships are bad or sexual relationships. Out and, of and, and, and yeah, in a sense, there is there is always that risk, yeah, yeah, right? There is always exactly. that risk. That's but the, I would argue that like and that's kind of the I mean, this is the same way they used to do 200 years ago. If you get the girl pregnant on accident, you're going to marry her. Unless you can afford to just leave town, right? Like, a lot of the cases, like, if you get, like, you're, 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 her dad's going to come <laughs> knife you otherwise. Maybe not 200 <laughs> years ago, maybe 1,000 years ago. But, like, like the, the point is um, that, like, you might want to... Well, no, it, it very much depends on the societal on status okay, of the yeah, person. Yeah, if you're a knight yeah. who's just coming through the area, yeah, you're going to get six peasant girls present, and none of them are ever seeing you again. Yeah. But I'm talking about if you're a member of that community, right? Okay. If you're Degbert's son and you just banged Hilda... Uh, sorry. Yeah, you just banged Hilda over Why the hill. Why Hilda? Because that's like a common, old, like okay, Germanic name. I'm yeah, talking okay. about these are these are actual English. Okay. You should yeah, see that those know, names are wild, dude. Those oh, names God, are wild. But painful. you just you just banged Hilda from over the hill, and you know your father and his father have known each other for the past twenty years. There's only thirty people in your village. Yeah. You've you're either gonna you're either going to leave or you're going to marry that girl. Yeah. Like that. That's what's going to happen. So so even then, like I feel like. There's always been some sort of like contract of like here's what we should do in case this happens, mm -hmm. and I just think that once again that that is a part of being a morally ethical responsible person is dealing with these potentialities every time you engage sexually with another person. Emmanuel, you ask, are people responsible? Given everything you've seen in the last few years, do you really think people are responsible? No, no, not even. But I think we can try and educate them on what responsibility looks like the same way we do in our schools because if people are so responsible that they like can't handle that that the majority of them statistically can't handle good sexual relationships on a responsible level then i probably don't trust them to like build bridges or build do rockets to the really moon don't. or do anything handle yeah. complex supply chains uh like like i feel like people are generally pretty good when you put them in situations to be good so that's all i would argue that 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 fin <laughs> 
something. Well, this is something out to respond to this. I would have to dig much deeper. Yeah. Like I said, this isn't a, th a topic that I've ever given very serious thought. I haven't done research like <laughs> Paul here. Paul's sex Paul research, <laughs> love research. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. <laughs> sorry, don't sorry, go, love don't go. <laughs> God, you guys are making me sound like a fiend over here. <laughs> uh, yeah, you so you didn't do love research, but yeah. So it's something that I would have to think more about, think more about, okay. read more about, yeah. look at what's out there, uh, look at what the sociologists have uh, found out from mm -hmm. the uh, research and yeah. uh, perhaps respond to it. Yeah. I, and I'd be more than willing to be responded to another fireside chat. Um, I think that I think there's a lot of terrible pseudoscience, but I actually would be curious on hearing like theological arguments from you on that okay. nature because I, I i would be more i would honestly because i think it's more interesting and actually i think we could gain more from it in terms yeah. of like learning about how people should behave yeah. rather than like like okay here's what swans do here's what dolphins do and then therefore like, there's a what porn video <laughs> Like, yeah, like, I just don't think you're going to get there is in looking up interesting studies in terms of like pair bonding. But like the problem is the science and all that stuff is so shaky yeah, when yeah. you look into I, 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 if I were to do it, I would probably go into like studies Australia. on like your, your country where are you. No, I'm not going to annex. Yes, I would do it. Yes, you're right. I would set up an do experiment in Australia. Australia. I'm not. No, no, no. What I meant was just looking at looking at data and looking at statistics of from like, Australia from. Uh, no, stop. <laughs> Stop. From, from pair bonding okay, and like okay. economic wellness okay. and how well the children do. These are easily accessible statistics. Yeah. They're pretty well known. Oh, the right likes to throw them around a lot as far as support for the nuclear family. And there is something there. So yeah. I, I think that would probably be like the argument I would make or how I would start to build that case. But I don't know. But yeah, I'd be really interested in like and also hearing like theological directions from that. Like I don't want you to I don't want you to shy away from hitting us hard. I don't think you okay. are, but I don't yeah. want you to hit, I don't want you to feel like you can't you can't go there cuz I I'm okay. willing to go there with you. I'll bring the baseball bat next line. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Wait. Uh, whoa, 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 I thought whoa, whoa. you said I shouldn't shy from hitting you hard. Oh. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, I, be I believe the the TED Talk video in case anyone cuz we never or at least I never list my sources here. I'm like, yeah, I watched this thing or I read this thing. Yeah. I want to say the video was or the the title of the TED Talk was like what is love and then there was some subtitle. And the only reason I remember that title was because the top comment was baby don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, when I got an iPod shuffle when I was in like the 6th grade, uh my mom had gotten a couple songs on the Google account, and uh -huh. the only one on my iPod, my little iPod Nano, was it iPod Nano? Wow. That's right. Oh, little yeah, iPod, little tiny, little tiny ones, green yep. gem. Mm -hmm. It was What Is Love, Baby Don't Hurt Me, and I looped that thing for like two hours because it was the first time I'd ever had like a thing to listen to music with. Uh -huh. Oh, man. Honestly, a great song. It was, it's oh, a, it was a banger. <laughs> so good. That's funny. All right, any more on the subject of love? Paul, uh, I I think I've said what I you said. Your piece, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, it, did you say you believed in true love? So, I I believe in like the one. To some extent, I okay. think there, there there is things in people's life where there is something more, um, mm. where it feels inherently different than anything else you've experienced and potentially will experience. Now, can you say that for sure? No. But, because, uh, you know, you have no idea what will happen in the future. But I think everyone in their life, or the mo the majority of people in their life, 
will meet someone who could potentially be seen as would be more of a suitable partner or have some kind of otherworldly connection with than anyone else in their life. Yeah. So you've just you've just taken the the local optima. The to, you've, you're you're not you're not integrating over space. You're also no. you, you are you're also integrating over time, mm-hmm. and you're saying there's some local optima there for you, and then you're imbuing that with a little bit of spiritual spice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Great. And yeah, uh, that's, that's my thought. I like that spiritual <laughs> spice. Spiritual spice. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's my that's new thing, good. I guess. <laughs> we'll pick it up with a dowsing rod if I can next time. <laughs> All right. Um, are we good, guys? I think I, I've I said think what I good. came here to say. This is the uh, Finding the Overton Window podcast, although today we found no Overton Window whatsoever. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> um, I'm Daniel T. Fuller. I'm Paul Dougal. I'm Emmanuel Watson. We'll see you guys next time.